Talk episode 138. I'm your host, Elise Delucci. Welcome to the Upper East Side, baby. How you doing? If you're watching this on video and you see a giant cage in the back, it's because new announcement. We got a puppy. Here he is. Hold on. Let me grab him. Let me grab him. Little Elmo. Elmo, can you say hi? He's a little two-pound toy poodle. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, Really, Elise? Did you need a dog with everything else you have going on? Here's the thing. The kids, they're eight and seven. They've been begging me, begging me for a puppy for months, like six months. Of course, I don't need a dog. It's like a hole in my head. But I wanted to give my kids a childhood pet. Everybody has those memories except me because my mother, we had childhood pets. You know what? Let me tell you something. When I was growing up, okay? Oh, he's making little noises. When I was growing up, we had a dog. Uh, we had a bunch of dogs, not at the same time, different times, because my mother would open the door up of the front door and she'd be like, okay, run away now, go, go away, nobody wants you here, which was never true. Me and my sisters, we used to love having a dog or love having, but my mother, she, you know what, she's just not an animal person. And a true story, she tried to let the dog run away and then the neighbor knocked on the door and said, oh, Denise, I, I think your dog, like, like, went loose like you must be so heartbroken and destroyed and my mother was like oh really like I, it was a terror but I wanted my kids to have a childhood pet my daughter Vivian the you know the younger one she loves animals loves animals and she's very emotional she's a very emotional little girl so when she's around animals though she's so calm so I was like all right I gotta get these kids a dog but you know we live in a high rise there's no way in God's green earth Am I going to be waking up at 5 in the morning and taking a 50 or 100-pound dog out for a walk? Absolutely not. So I said if I get a dog, it's going to be a small dog, and we're going to wee-wee pad train him. So that's what we're doing. We got a little toy poodle. He's 2 pounds. Little puppy, 10 weeks. He um, He's only going to be 5 pounds. So we named him Elmo. My girlfriend, Stephanie, you'll die. She's like, Elmo, Elise, really? I'm a little disappointed. Little, di- I said, why? Excuse me. It's from an Italian name, Guglielmo, or or Guglielmo is the, is the full is the full name. I think of the name Elmo. And she's like, no, no, it's not. No, I said it is. I looked it up, but I. She said, what, what, what's well with Elmo? Elmo from Hello from Sesame Street, and he looks like an Elmo. Listen, I wanted to name the dog Tony. I told her that's the truth. Tony, short for Rigatoni, and the girls shut me down. I used to have a dog when I was in my 20s, ZD, short for Bake ZD. They, they think ZD is cute, but not the baked part. So, you know, I, I, I'm working with what I can. Okay, Steph, that, that's the deal here. So anyway, Lil Elmo, meet him. So sweet, little toy red poodle, absolutely fabulous. Um, okay, moving on. But, but here's the thing, if you see the cage in the background, you know that it's because we have a little new addition to the fam. Fact of the day. When Amazon was first starting, they used to hold their meetings inside Barnes & Noble. Like, you know, like in the cafe area. Jeff Bezos, his, wife, his then wife, Mackenzie, their first employee, Shell Kaplan, they all used to get together and plot and talk about what Amazon's going to be, Right? This jungle of a store right in their competition's backyard. That's, that's real capitalism for you. You know what I'm saying? 
that's real stuff that's a real stealth operation and by the by amazon it would they they didn't always want to name it amazon they first wanted to name it cadabra short for abracadabra but when jeff talked to a couple friends they told him that cadabra sounded too much like cadaver so they didn't do it and then they wanted to name amazon relentless and really fun fact about that, if you go to relentless.com, the URL forwards to Amazon because Jeff Bezos still owns it. So it was down to Amazon or Relentless and they decided Amazon. Amazon's better. And it's no, it's not because we we, we come to know and love Amazon. Relentless has a little bit of an aggressive feel. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like F you, I'm taking over.com. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Amazon on my shit list right now, big shit list. Let me tell you why. Have you tried to buy my book, Wise Girl? Have you tried to go on Amazon to read reviews or see if it's there? And guess what? Eh, you didn't. You can't find it. You can only see a Kindle, right? Or you can only see a hardcover $34 option that's sold by some Fugazi operation, Fast Books. Yeah, you know what? Amazon's not carrying Wise Girl right now. You are going to die. So listen to this. So, you know, when you write a book and you have a publisher and the whole thing, you know, all this stuff is sorted out beforehand, before the book's coming out. Where are you going to sell it? How are you going to retail it? Is it going to be in stores, online, da, da, da. My book is only for sale online. So if you went to your local Barnes & Noble and you didn't find it, I'm really sorry. It's not for sale in stores right now. Maybe that'll change. The reason why it's not in stores uh, for me right now is because as a first-time author um, and not with one of the giant publishing houses, I'm with a smaller publishing house, uh, they, you know, you really make no money selling in the store. So let me put that out there. When I say no money, I mean literally like no money, none. Uh, you basically, you know, you, they, they get the books on consignment. If they sell, they sell, whatever. So the book's for sale on barnesandnoble.com, wonderful great store, the number one bookstore until Jeff Bezos came and shit in their backyard, right? Now, Amazon was supposed to carry the book as well. And they are, they are carrying the book. But when my mother had a literal fit over whatever she read in an excerpt on the Kindle thing, I went back to the publisher, I think I told you this, and I changed a line, I took a line out of the book, and the line I took out said, my mother's not the most emotionally mature person. Like, is that the nicest thing to say about your mother? Probably not, but is it true? Absolutely accurate, 100, you know what I'm saying? So, but apparently, according to her husband's text messages, bans me from the house, divorced me from the family, which boy, the boy, haven't heard from these people, can you imagine? Anyway, moving on. So, I go back to the publisher, you know, and the editor, and I, blah, blah, blah. I take the line out. So basically, the process is they had to like re-upload the manuscript into whatever it was. I don't know the publisher. I don't know how it works. They just had to do something. Long story short, that stupid effing edit that I made effed up the whole thing, and now there's like a glitch in the system at Amazon, and I'm just I'm waiting, and it is available on Kindle, but for whatever reason, the hard copy there's some issue and it's it's it, it it they think they think it had to do with like the percentage you know how I told you last week that I make like five dollars a book something pathetic well Amazon when after this glitch 
in the system, they came back basically. And the book I think is selling for $29.99, which by the way, I think is way too expensive between us and everybody <laughs> and everybody else all over the world. No, but I think that the book is too expensive. Would I buy, so I would buy a $29.99 book if it was from somebody I really loved and I really wanted to support or I had to have the book or I had to read what they were saying, you know, which I know that there are people that feel that way about me and I'm so honored and I'm flattered and I'm so appreciative and thank you. There's other people that say, you know what, I've been supporting this girl for a long time and I haven't seen her show or blah, blah, and I want to buy her book, so $29.99, fine. Again, thank you. But personally, like I think a book should maybe, I don't know, at $19.99, maybe $17.99, $18.99, but that's just me, okay? So this book is hardcover. The softcover will come out in a couple months and that will be cheaper uh, than the hardcover. But Amazon came back, I had to take a sip of the coffee, and they said they wanted a higher percentage of the, the, the money from the book. You know how much I would be making a book? No, this is, this is criminal. This is, I'm actually going to do a video about it because it's, it it's, it's, it's a crime. 82 cents a book. I know. Let that sink in. When I told you last week that I was going to be making $5 a book, you were probably like, $5, that's outrageous. Yeah, I wrote the book. It's my words, my stories, my everything. I wrote it. I orchestrated the photo shoot on the cover, like everything. I got the quotes for the everything. Mine, mine, mine. And you want to pay me $5 a book. Criminal. But now you want to come back and you want to pay me 82 cents a book? 82 cents. And you know what? I don't know if I'm going to have to take that deal with them. I might have to. I'm talking to the people, the publisher and the editor and everything. Because at the end of the day, you got to go where the people are. Rule and business. You know, my book is part memoir, part rule book. It's, you know, like street smarts I learned from my family and just growing up in New York and how I applied them to business. And that's a rule right there. I should have put that in the book. You got to go where the people are. If the people are on Amazon and you're going to get a, a bum deal from Amazon, well, you got to go where the people are. And eventually, you know, maybe your second book, you'll make more money. They always say your first thing, you got to kind of give it away. Yeah. I'm not, I'm really like, I, 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 like I said, I think it's criminal. I think it's a horror. Other things I think is a horror is TV talk, Sins of Our Mother on Netflix. Oh my God. So, like you, of course, I love crime shows. I love watching these shows. And I kept seeing this show pop up, Sins of Our Mother. And I was like, I don't know. Like, that. it's like, do I want, I don't want to watch a show about a mother doing terrible stuff to like her kids. Because you know if mother's in the title, it's not only about the husband or whatever. It's about the kid. I don't want to watch it. But I looked up the reviews and people were like, it's gripping. <laughs> it's chilling. It's crazy. So, of course, I, I'm like, in. I'm in. So, I, I watched the show. It's only four episodes. It's so good. It's so good. And I'm so mad it's so good. But this woman's a real nut job. Totally normal mother of two. Adopted a, a, another baby. So, she had, th you know, three three kids. She wound up becoming a fanatical religious nut, and I'm all, that's all I'm going to say. You have to just watch the rest. It's very good. It's a short watch. I watched it in one night. That's right. Four hours at TV, one night. That's what happens when you have a new puppy, you know? He's, he's crying. He's barking. He's doing meowing, and I'm like, episode three. Here we go, 1 a.m. 
Oh, he's cute. He's on my lap right now. That's like, that's a, it's sweet. It's, it's, it is your sweet puppy. Okay. You know what I went to go see? Have you, you obviously have seen the Titanic. Well, in New York, they have the Titanic exhibit. So I went down with Chris, um, last week. It was really good. It's definitely worth visiting if you like history or if you like the Titanic and that kind of stuff. Um, it was a uh, an exhibit in London. So it came, it came from the UK. So it was an exhibit in London. It ran long. It sold out. It got rave reviews. They brought it to New York. We It was on 14th and 9th. We got there. It was hell on earth downtown on a Saturday afternoon. Like, I'm telling you, hypodermic needles, bums and drugs, and all kinds, and trash and graffiti all over the floor. It was, it was like, I, I was not in the right frame of mind when I walked into this exhibit. I remember looking around and being like, what is all this shit on the floor? I mean, you know, because I talk about how bad New York is, but I ha- I'm not really downtown on a, a, a weekend day, 14th and 6th Avenue. During the day on the weekend, maybe I'm out at night, the dinner, at the clubs, whatever. Okay. But the exhibit was really, really good once we got in. Um, basically what it was, they recreated some of the rooms on the ship. So, you know, again, you have to want to, you have to be interested in that kind of thing. But more, but cooler than the recreation of the rooms was they collected, people salvaged objects from the ship that they found in the wreckage. So this exhibit has over 200 objects of things from the Titanic. Like, for example, this family, the Kink family, you know, very sad. I mean, they, like their their children. Da, da, they had the the little shoes of a four year old, the four year old girl. They had the wedding ring of one of the uh, the people that had passed away. They found the wedding ring in the wreckage. Right. It was moving. It was heartbreaking. It was educational. It was really interesting. And and you know, I I don't I don't know. Like I. Chris knew a lot more about the Titanic and the history than I did when we went down to the exhibit. And I don't know if that's because he's a bit older and he remembered. Because they, they found the ship. They found the ship wreckage in the 80s. So he remembers that. Not me. I was, what, like three, you know. So he he's followed this, like, for years, right? And even though I saw the movie, I didn't realize the people on the ship, the Guggenheims, the Astors, the Strausses, and fun fact about that the Strausses were the founders of Macy's so if you go to Macy's in Herald Square there's a plaque in the garment district that's uh, or I don't know if it's outside Macy's or in the garment district but they had it they had it at the exhibit uh, dedicated to this found the, Stra- the founders of Macy's the Strausses they died they they were first class passengers on the ship very just very interesting and of course at the end of the exhibit they had a list of all the names of everybody really good uh, if you're looking for something to do in New York or you're visiting New York or if it comes to a city by you it's it's totally worth seeing mm. if I ever went again I'd probably like watch the movie you know or something just 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 to prepare myself <sighs> but you know the crime in the city it's just and did I tell you about the the stabbing on the Upper East Side did I tell you about that last week on like 61st and 3rd there was a nut job that walked into a juice place a juice bar um and 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 she she stabbed the worker the cashier guy 
the 32nd straight. I fa- they, they found the girl, so like, you know, it, came, it was out on the news this week, but this girl walks into the juice place. She orders a juice. She wasn't happy. Here's the details. The details came out because the guy survived, so now he's talking, right? He, she, she orders the juice. She doesn't have enough money to pay for the juice. So he says to her, we take credit cards. She goes to pay with the credit card. The credit card gets declined. Now, I thought when I first read this, when I first started reading the, the updates on the news, the first thing in my mind was, well, if I worked there, I would give the girl the juice for free, right? Like, I'm sure you thought the same thing. And that's what he did. He gave the girl the juice for free, right? And the lady, though, was so mortified or whatever the situation was that her credit card was declined. So she's screaming, carrying on, and she's like, I'm going to stab you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to come back. You'll see. Da, 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 da. Walks out in a huff. Lunatic. Good. You know, and how many times, you know, if you live in a crazy area or an area that's going through a crazy time, do you have see people that go around saying nuts things all the time? But you, does that guy think, oh, I'm going to lock the door. I'm going to leave, flee the premises. I'm going to call the owner. I'm going to leave for the day. This, my life's in danger. Of course not. He's like, okay, she's nuts. She's out, whatever. Maybe he was shaken up. Well, guess what? This crazy lady comes back with the knife, stabs the guy for 30 seconds. That's a long time doing stabbing. You know how I know that that's a long time? Because in stand-up land, we are constantly counting the minutes, the seconds. You know, we know how long everything we say is going to take, right? In stand-up comedy. I know... If I'm, if somebody says, how long does this take? And I say, it's three minutes. They're like, why are you giving so exact? That's how my brain is programmed. That's why it's programmed like that because of stand-up comedy. Anyway, so she's stabbing him 30 seconds, does obviously the damage. When she flees, this is the part that I found hilarious slash disturbing. When she flees the scene, do you know what she runs out with in her hands? She didn't loot the joint. She didn't like go out... And st- she didn't. She didn't run out with like you know, uh, a uh, a handful of juice press juices. You know, she didn't steal thirty nine dollars worth of juice press juices and run out of the place. No, she ran out with a bag of wigs and a bag of nails. What like fake nails? Like what, like press ons? Like what are you doing in with your life that you go to a juice place? Don't have the money to pay for your juice. Threaten to stab the guy. Come back with, you know, your drag queen on some <laughs> in tow, along with a knife. Stab the motherfucker and then walk out with your costumes. I mean, like, really? Like, it, it's so Not even the cash from the register. I mean, I'm not telling you how to do your job, lady. I, anyway, I'm not glorifying. She's a horror. She's a horror. Apparently, when she ran away with her bag of wigs and Lee press on nails, she fled to her apartment and was, like, hanging out on the fire escape to then where somebody found her. Nuts. Before they, they arrested her. The girl was only 23 years old, by the way. What happened in your life that at 23 years old, you feel the need to go stab an innocent worker. You know what? People people are crazy. They are crazy. They're, they're, anyway. Mm. So, you know, I've told you that the tooth, Paulie the tooth, you know, he had a very international family. You know, my ex-sister-in-law, she was from Japan. You know that, right? When I first met her, she didn't speak English. Kamiko. Anyway, she's from this place in Japan, Omori 
which is like the mountains of Japan. She's a hairdresser, and you know, and and her husband, the tooth brother, he was in Japan teaching English. They met, and then they moved to Wales. Right, blah blah. Now she works at a hair salon in Wales, and she she uh, she's she um, what is it? Um, specializes in Asian hair. She's very good. Fine. Well, this place that she's from, Amori, Japan. I'm reading the paper the other day. Something jumps out at me because it came from Amori, Japan. And you don't, this is not like a popular place. You don't hear of things coming out of Amori, Japan. Although, you know what does come out of Garlic-flavored soda. Garlic soda. Okay, let me tell you why. So, if you don't know, Amori is, um, it's the, the largest garlic producer uh, this it's the it's the largest uh, producing town of garlic in all of Japan. So, eighty percent of the garlic that comes that that happens in Japan that gets uh, sold in stores in Japan or in restaurants comes from Amori, right? And this started back in like nineteen sixty two. Fine. So anyway, um, they 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 dubbed the name of the town the town of garlic, and they have a soda that they thought, oh, this is interesting. Let's come out with garlic soda. We're the town of garlic, Amori, Japan. <laughs> Let's make a garlic soda. It's called Jats Tacola. Yeah, Jats Tacola. It's I I have no idea why somebody would mix like a Coca-Cola and garlic, but if you want to make it yourself, here's the recipe. The brand came out with the recipe. You take one bottle, uh, one can of Coca-Cola, and you mix in some finely ground garlic, shake it up, and get it uniform, and then that's it. You guzzle it down. So they're like, you'll appreciate the taste. Yeah, you'll appreciate the taste if you really like the taste of drinking garlic. I, I'm a garlic lover. I prefer not to drink it in liquid form. I mean, they, they, they're promoting the drink as it's going to stimulate your health and your heart and with all garlic's healthy properties they're saying it's perfect for your heart health yeah i got news for you you know what it's also going to do it's also going to give you a heart attack okay it's like what what caffeine and garlic i mean please they're gonna you're gonna have garlic cola and you're gonna go straight into a garlic seizure and besides like oh, what are you gonna, you're gonna stink i mean like you get, it's gonna come through your pores oh god the things people come out with so then of course i was like this is definitely just like a marketing like a sticky product it's not it's a real thing it's a real thing their major export is garlic in amori japan so they just figured you know what we'll just put it to the test i wonder if they have beauty products made out of garlic i did not look that up i should but very interesting the, and by the way, in Amori, the entire town in July picks the the garlic bulbs, and uh, you know that they have they they pick the bulbs. It's it's a thing to do in July if you're there. It's you know they have a pungent smell. The whole town gets together, just like how we have an egg hunt. They have a garlic hunt, you know. Eh. Speaking of um, Eastern ish things you know this tea or this like it's like this thing ash i don't even know how to say it. ashwagandha ashwagandha if you look it up it's like a-s-h-w-a-g 
A-N-D-H-A. It's, it's, um, it's like an herb and it's supposed to, you know, it's a natural herb. You're supposed to calm you down, de-stress, help with anxiety, depression. Well, I was in Whole Foods the other day and I bought the tea. Oh my God. This tastes like gas. I mean, like, honestly, it tastes like earth and dirt and fresh soil. And it is, what a horror does this tea taste like? But I will say, it made me calm after. It really did. If you want to try it, Ash, I keep looking at the spelling because I, Ash Wagahanda. <laughs> it's so insane. No, but it was, it was always used, um, to, to treat like traditions of uh, to conditions sorry it always used to treat conditions of stress but if you buy the tea like I did and I just you did tea you know the hot water and the tea bag it, it, it's gross but they say put a lot of honey in it and it makes it better I don't want to put honey in my tea I used to do honey in the tea I don't do it anymore you know why because I don't want to drink my calories I rather eat my calories which brings me to my next thought which is I was out to dinner last week at a business dinner. I was at this really nice place, great place in Garden City, Long Island. It's called Cologeros. If you're in this in the neighborhood, it's definitely worth it. I know I have Long Island listeners. Um, you know, it, it was it's it was like in a strip mall, like casual place, but the food was delish, right? And it's uh, oh wait, you'll die. So I'm out to dinner with it was four New Yorkers, you know, business things, four New Yorkers at the table, and then another four. I think it was three or four from out of town so of course you know appetizers you know they're ordering app but the out of town folks wanted to order the appetizers fine they order uh you know tons of stuff everything was so delicious one of the things they ordered was meatballs and it was so funny they were all like oh yeah let's get the meatballs they're gonna be amazing which of course i would do the same thing if i was like in new york and i wasn't from here and not italian but all the new york all the New York Italians that were at the table, which we, the, the four of us were all Italian, none of us touched the meatballs. <laughs> so I said, isn't that funny? Like, out-of-towners, non-Italian out-of-towners, they're like, get the meatballs. The Italians, we're like, yeah, we'll pass. Like, pass the galmont. Like, there's something about ordering a meatballs, a plate of meatballs, a meatball appetizer. It just doesn't really work for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you order meatballs? Like, that's like the one time I went down to Del Posto. That was Lydia Bassianich's restaurant. You know, it was all the way down on 10th Avenue and like 13th Street or 12th Street, something like this. They put an amuse-bouche out on the table. It, it, amuse-bouche, you know, French, one bite. And the amuse-bouche, it was a little shot glass full of lentil soup. You know, on the waiter, he brings it, he makes a big deal. Oh, the amuse-bouche, have the amuse-bouche. One, one, just shot it back, it's going to be amazing. I shot the amuse-bouche, but I like, this tastes like my grandmother's lentil soup. What? And he says, it is, it's lentil soup. I'm like, this is peasant food. You're charging $300 for a dinner at Del Posto for me to have an amuse-bouche of peasant food. I'm expecting like, I'm expecting like, a, a, a quail egg baked in 14 karat gold. No, I'm expecting a quail egg baked in 24 karat gold. And when I bite into it, I'm going to find a freshwater pearl. Or no, a Tahitian pearl. Okay, <laughs> that is what I'm expecting at a fancy restaurant. I am not expecting a shot glass full of my grandmother's soup. You know? So, anywho, it's funny how the foods, the regular foods that we eat, 
right? Like they become like such novel things, whether at fancy restaurants or, you know, if you're an out of town or everybody, you know, schwitzes over the meatballs. But so we're there and we have a great meal and I ordered something. I ordered chicken franchise. I don't make that at home for some reason. By the way, if you have a good recipe for chicken franchise, will you send it to me? I love it. Every time I make it, it's just, I don't know why. It doesn't come out right. It comes out soggy and eggy and you know I've instead of because you know you're supposed to like bread the chicken and oh my god Elmo's but Elmo don't bite my paper you're supposed to bread the chicken you know uh, dip well dredge it you know in the egg and the flour and then you're supposed to you know fry it and then make the lemon sauce with the butter every time I've done it it just doesn't come out right the way that I've made franchise different way is I've made a lemon sauce on in a little saucepan and then I've I've drizzled that over baked chicken cutlets baked bread and chicken cutlets which is good but if you have the real recipe with the gapers I would love to have it okay I digress so we're at the table right this all started because I'm saying I don't want to drink my calories well, I don't want to drink my calories, and you know what? I also don't want to eat bread for dessert. I don't want mushy bread, a.k.a. bread pudding. So dessert menu comes around at Cologero's, and one of the out-of-town girls, very sweet, um, she says, oh, my God, she goes, uh, they have bread pudding. I love bread pudding. And I'm like, you know what? I've never really had bread pudding. I've had banana pudding, chocolate pudding, oh, rice pudding. I love it. Oh, God. When you go to the diner and you find a good rice pudding, you know, with the little cinnamon on top, oh, my God. Or, like, a diner that serves the rice pudding. Remember in those, like, those fancy glasses, those glass glasses? Ugh. Delicious. Anyhow. Okay. This dog is driving me crazy. Elmo! Elmo! I'm trying to work over here, baby. Okay. So... She gets the bread pudding, and she's telling me, oh, some bread pudding has raisins, currants. Let's see what this one has. Okay. She gets the dessert. First time I'm meeting her, she's like, you want a taste? I just hands her a fork. I'm like, of course. Like, I, I would have been insulted if she didn't offer me a taste. You know, like, what do I care? I mean, she didn't sound like she was eating it mouth to dessert. She was using the fork. So... If you don't know, bread pudding, you know, it's bread. Stale bread, they bake it with brown sugar and cinnamon, raisins, sometimes an apple, and it, it makes this pudding-like consistency. I'm assuming you make it in a, like a Pyrex or something, right? I didn't realize that at almost every, well, not, not every, a lot of countries around the world have their own recipe or their own variation of bread pudding. And it's funny because, like, the Ital- I don't know if the Italians do, do we? Like, we do panzanella, a bread salad, which, again, is another thing, like, I'm not doing. Like, I don't want to have bread in my salad. I'll have croutons, but you know what? You know what I'd rather have? I'd rather have toasted Italian bread with butter for breakfast. I'd rather have a gorgeous seeded semolina loaf with every meal. I'd rather have a loaf of Italian bread, a loaf of Italian bread with thinly sliced boar's head honey turkey with cheese lettuce tomato maybe throw a little salt and vinegar on there a little salt and pepper not salt and vinegar throw a little um oil and vinegar on there a little salt and pep i'm good cut that down the middle oh my god then if you put it in the fridge 
for a little bit, you know, and like the, the mayo and the cheese kind of melts, like in the light. Like I'm, it's, it's, I have a problem. We all, we've established this. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> that's how I rather eat my bread or I'd rather get the butt of the bread and just dip it in sauce, wipe it all over the plate. I don't want to eat my bread in a dessert. Okay. We've established. So I don't know if Italians have bread pudding. Tell me if we do, but in Canada, they make their bread pudding with maple syrup. In Hong Kong, they make theirs with vanilla cream. Um, in in Hungary, they have a version of bread pudding with whipped egg whites on top. It's very interesting. I mean, well, if you just, if literally, like, in, a, in Germany, they use black bread and they make a black bread pudding. Okay, I could go on, right? Here's the thing. The bread pudding that they served at Colodros is the kind of bread pudding that you get in the South from like a Louisiana, which is, um, you know, it's a, it's a sweet dessert. It comes almost like a, it looks like a brownie, like a blondie. You know, it's cut in like a square, almost sort of thing, like a like a thick square, and like it's what I said. You know, it's uh, the brown sugar, the cinnamon, but then it's also you know the the raisins, but it's also cooked with like some sort of whiskey sauce, uh, rum, maybe it's sprinkled with some sugar. Okay. I didn't like it. I, I, I tasted it and I did the, mm, mm. but then I was like, mm. it, it, it had that, it had a mush, it had a mushy texture. It, 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 it I was like, mm-mm-mm, this is mushy. Where's like, the bite and I, it's not like I don't like mushy tech I was like where's the brownie where's the apple like I wanted something else I didn't want, I felt like I was eating like a hollow dessert you know what I'm saying where's the chunks of banana like I, I was missing something it's not for me I don't know I, I don't know I don't know um I could think of a lot of other things to use old bread for as opposed to bread pudding croutons just or I will just reheat it in the oven and eat it with butter until it's absolutely stale or you know breadcrumbs you make your own breadcrumbs we talked about that anyway anyway did I and I did I tell you that I've been getting my bread from ore washers I've been getting they deliver ore washers through uber eats they are one of the best bakery they've been around for 100 years I get a seeded rye they they slice the seeded rye it has the caraway seeds oh my god or I swear to God, Zabar's in Manhattan makes the best ba baguette. They want $6 for a loaf of bread. If you're not in New York and you're listening to this is how much I pay for a loaf of bread, a, lo a baguette, a.k.a. Italian bread. The only reason why I've even on to baguettes is because there's no decent Italian bread in the neighborhood. I have Milano's Market on 80-something and 3rd, and the bread's just okay. But it's $6 for a loaf of bread. Ridiculous. Anyway, but all washers delivers, and... They make pumpernickel and the seeded rye. I'm going to find their recipe and try to make it. Okay. Well, this bread talk is making me realize that I should probably tell you that I found my product of the week, which I've been using. It's a B12 spray. A B12 spray. So when I was pregnant, I had pica, which is when you crave non-food items. I was nine months pregnant and I was basically wanting to eat the cement on the floor this is true I was disgusting I smelled nail polish remover in the salon and I was like oh my god can I have a taste of course I didn't taste it or eat rocks but I wanted to and it's because I had an iron deficiency I was a vegetarian for seven years 
Uh, and all my friends, well, by the way, all my friends laugh when I say that to them. Because they're like, you did, you're not a vegetarian. I was like, no, I was a vegetarian. I started eating meat again when I was pregnant with Annalise. And that's because when I was pregnant, I was craving meat. They were like, Elise, you're walking around Manhattan holding a honey glazed ham. You were not a vegetarian. Denise right now, I know my girlfriend Denise, if she's watching this, if you listen, she's gonna, she's watching, she's dying. She's like, this girl, she, you know, and Steph, they, they were Priscilla, they're watching, they're like, Oh my God, she's ridiculous. They're gonna say they think this is what they're like. You're not a vegetarian. All you did your whole entire life, you ate fried chicken, spare ribs, and honey glazed ham. Yeah, I was a vegetarian. I ate everything. I no, I ate. I was a vegetarian that ate no meat except fried chicken, spare ribs, and honey glazed ham. Nancy Lee's spare ribs on the Upper East Side were the best spare ribs in the whole entire world. And then she sold that place. Like, if she owned it for, like, 30 years, she sold that place, and she took her freaking rib recipe with her. I would go to Nancy Lee's on a Saturday night almost every week in my 20s, and I'd sit there. Woody Allen would show up. The who's who of Hollywood would be at Nancy Lee's Pig Heaven, the best Chinese restaurant in the city. Then, before, before Nancy sold it. Now she sold Pig Heaven, and they took her name. It's not Nancy Lee's Pig Heaven. Now it's just pig heaven, and she took the recipe with her. But that's a long way of saying is yes, I've been a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for seven years, and I was the only vegetarian. I was the only vegetarian on the world that ate honey glazed ham studded with maraschino cherries and pineapples, fried chicken, and Nancy Lee's pig heaven spare ribs. So sue me. But I, when I was pregnant, had pica because I wasn't eating beef. Okay, I wasn't like doing the beef thing. So I had a B12 deficiency, an iron deficiency. I was a little anemic. And they put me on B12, like, pills. Well, such, no, iron pills. Such constipation. But I also took B12. So a friend of a friend told me about this B12 spray by Garden of Life, $13.99. Not cheap, but it tastes delicious. It's a spray. It literally looks like, you know, it's in this cute little bottle, little white spray top. You spray two or three sprays in your mouth. You could do one, I guess, if you want to conserve every day. You store it in the fridge. It tastes delicious. And it's it's B12 vitamin in liquid form. And by the way, you know, if you have a B12 deficiency, it's it leads to depression. And, you, you, you know, there's all kinds of benefits to uh, the B12 vitamin. And if you don't, if you if you're lacking B12, it's like really an issue. You, you got to look at it. it pre- B12 prevents heart disease, improves your memory, boosts your energy. I need whatever I can to get more energy. Thank you. So I started taking it. It's fabulous. I just have to remember to take it. That's the problem because it's not in the area with my other vitamins. Like because it's in the fridge, it's kind of annoying, you know. But anyway, it's really really good. Garden of Life. I bought it on Amazon, thirteen ninety nine. Um, Read the reviews. It has like tens of thousands of reviews. It's fabulous. Um, if you don't, especially if taking pills is a pain in the ass, you're going to love this. You're going to love it. Okay. I think that's it for the New York talk. I almost said the Elise DeLucci show. Who the fuck knows what the name is? It, the, who, this is it. This is it. We're coming to a close of New York talk with your host, Elise DeLucci. By the way, you like the new name? It's so much better, right? So... Let me say this. I was at the club the other day, you know, Chris's place, and uh, I was at the club, and I saw this guy, and he wrote a book, and he said, Elise, congratulations on the book. I said, oh, thank you, and he wrote a book, 
And he said, no, I want to say something to you. He's like, it's amazing that you have a book out and da-da. He's like, but nobody knows the work that goes into it. The multiple rounds of editing in the manuscript, the jacket cover, the jacket art, all this stuff. He's like, it's so insane. Like, spelling and, you know, just just everything, working, making sure the stories that has arcs, all this stuff. He's like, really, really, like, it's a huge feat. I did it. I've been there, done that. Congratulations. And I was like, thank you so much. Because that was, because he knows all the shit that went into it, right? And I really am upset about this Amazon debacle. So I'm hoping that will get fixed soon. And the quote of the day is from none other than Winston Churchill. If you've seen, uh, what is it, The Crown or The Queen, whatever it is, he's the, the role that the guy who plays him, fabulous. It was the guy from, uh, not 30 Rock, Third Rock from the Sun, John Lithgow. Wonderful. Here's his quote. He played Winston Churchill. I have this quote on a magnet on my fridge. I have it everywhere. And it's, if you're going through hell, keep going. And no, not that I'm going through hell. I just, you know, between like the family and whatever the hell. They, can they read the book, please? Can you read the book before you're getting all upset? And then I got Amazon. Like, why, why aren't you selling the book already? Come on. People are buying it. Like, let's be serious now. Anyway. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. This is New York Talk. Love to love you, baby.